Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and my guest for episode 14 of the Everything USC podcast is my old co-host on the Believe in USC football podcast, two-time national champion at USC, and a 13-year NFL defensive lineman, Frosty Rucker. Frosty, thanks for returning as a special guest this week. Nara, thanks for having me back. You didn't kick me to the curb. You still love me, brother. I'm here. We're brothers, man. We had a good time doing it, and I thought I got to at least have you back on for one of the weeks during this crazy 2020 shortened season. So Yeah, I'm calling it the COVID-6. So <laughs> That's a good name for it. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, you can subscribe and rate it wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn, or you can go to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me, I'm on Twitter. You can find and follow me there at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports Frosty, I know you got a lot going on now. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media, what shows you're doing. Get it all out there. So, yeah, Nora, thanks for having me on. I'm doing the Take Back the West podcast that's also on the Believe Network, and I'm doing the L.A. Football Network podcast. So been busy, working hard, covering multiple teams, but always my best is when it talks about USC. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. The football season is in full swing, and while you might not be at the games this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Can USC football come through as a big road favorite versus Arizona? In golf, is Rory McElroy a good pick to win the Masters and complete a career grand slam of majors? Those are a couple of the big questions bettors are asking themselves this week. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Frosty, it might be 2020, but in the season opener against the ASU Sun Devils, it sure felt like the Trojans treated us to a roller coaster ride similar to what we've experienced in the last few years. Turnovers, missed tackles, and questionable decisions are all things USC fans have grown accustomed to, and we saw it all again bright and early on Saturday morning after a 9 a.m. game start. To be fair, both teams were sloppy and disjointed in the first half, but it seemed to take SC longer to wake up in a coliseum devoid of fans due to COVID-19 restrictions. But a frantic final three minutes in the fourth quarter, featuring two Keaton Slovis TD passes, both on fourth downs, delivered a miracle win for the Trojans. Frosty, how much of USC's struggles were the early start time, or how much of it is just that this is what this team is? Nara, ASU is a better football team than a lot of people aren't giving them credit for. Yeah, they weren't ranked, and we are, 
but they can play good football. They match up well versus us. I feel like their whole team they have is built to compete with USC. They have speed. They got a power. They got a good running back. They got great quarterback play, and they match up well versus us. I think the early start did play a part with our early struggles, and it took us a while to really get cooking. I think the defense have played a great game under a new defensive coach, Todd Orlando, and I feel like every new coach that we brought on, special teams, defensive back, defensive line, each played a part in uh, getting this victory. So I'm going to say hats off to this team for just being one to know, playing the best team that they got on their schedule, and taking care of business. Was it sloppy? Yeah. Was it the best that they could do? Probably not, but a lot that they can correct, and they'll have a week to do it. Yeah, so let's go through the game. It was a slow start, just 7-3 USC at the end of one quarter. And then from the last five minutes of the second quarter to the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, basically, ASU scored 17 unanswered to go from down 14-10 to up 27-14 before, of course, SC got those two touchdowns in the last three minutes of the game to end up with the 28-27 squeaker win. Keaton Slovis set a new USC single-game record for completions with 40 out of 55 attempts, which was good for 72.7%, threw for 381 yards, those two touchdowns, and the interception. But for me, it looked like he wasn't really in sync for most of that game. The guy who really stood out was wide receiver, sophomore Drake London, Eight catches, 125 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. I mean, to me, he was the best player for USC by far on the field for the entire game. You mentioned that ASU has some good running. Well, they showed it. 258 yards for the Sun Devils to just 175 by the Trojans. 111 of those 258 came from quarterback Jaden Daniels. At some points during that game, I was having Vince Young flashbacks. I don't know about you, Frosty, but I was definitely having Vince Young flashbacks with Jaden Daniels. And then turnover issues, Slovis had that pick. There were three fumbles, one by Vivai Malapai, one by Tyler Vaughns, and one by Marquis Stepp. And then two fourth and ones where they get stuffed. One was Stepp, one was Stephen Carr. And the defense was... Hit or miss, I would say. They start out pretty good, and then they give up some big plays again. But a couple of standouts to me, Talanoa Hufanga, 10 tackles to lead the team, nine of them solo, also forced a fumble. And Marlon Tui-Pelotu had eight tackles, six solo, two of them for loss, and the one USC sack. I mean, it was really a game where it seemed like USC was going to lose, and then they pull out a miracle win, and... Again, you got to give them credit for being resilient, for not giving up, for staying in it, and for making things happen late in that game. But again, it's like, what took so long? Yeah, I mean, they just had to get cooking. I felt like defense side of the ball, they were flying around. They played very physical. Some of the key things that I wanted to see out of that defensive unit into this season is I wanted to see up front on the defensive line, I wanted to see more physicality. I want to see running to the ball, taking better angles. I wanted to see our defensive back compete for footballs. I wanted to see them showing up in the run game. And I got that. Like I said, they got a brand new defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. Didn't have much time to be on the field with them. So that was success to me. I I wanted to see them play harder and finish games. They did that. 
offensive side of the ball, I don't think anyone can match up with our wide receivers. I think our running backs did a decent job, not the best that they can do, not one true person that took the lead and they should still do back by committee. Slovis, I thought, should have played a lot better. But I think it was something that the Arizona State did rather than what USC didn't do. I feel like they had a lot of zone defense and their defensive front gave our offensive line a little bit of a long day. Constantly, Slovis was out of the pocket running, not in his spot. It wasn't the normal just sit there, sit back, throw for 300, 400 yards. He had to earn it. He had to, you know, roll out. He's running to his left, running to his right. And I don't think it was more so what he wasn't doing, but it falls in the hands of what Arizona State was doing. And versus our offense that likes to get the ball out quick and really create one-on-one matchups, it just wasn't opening up all day. Arizona State, again, we're not giving them as much credit. They're a very fast team. So on the defensive side of the ball, the linebackers, defensive backs, they flew the ball, they tackled, they showed up everywhere. So I think this is a game to build on. Obviously, Arizona State's going to be our toughest test of this COVID-6 season. But we got that win under our belt, and now it's time to just really get rolling. Yeah, what we saw, it seemed, is what a lot of teams had success against USC with last year where they dropped back seven or eight, only rushed four or even three at times. And when Slovis had time, it seemed like he could find some guys, even though they weren't going as deep as they wanted to at times. But there were other times where, like you said, the offensive line just didn't hold up, it seemed, as well as they could have, considering the lack of rush coming at them in terms of numbers, at least. So I would say that that's something that has to get worked on this week to prepare against for the next team that's on the schedule, which is the Arizona Wildcats. We'll get to that in a little bit. But what did you see in terms of the offensive line that they need to really improve going forward? Well, to make the offensive line better, I'll start here. The defensive line needs to practice harder versus them. Can't take any plays off them. They need the help. I think it was the point of attack where a lot of the guys were getting driven off the ball. I think the players that Arizona State had up front dominated the game. They got a lot of knockback. They were in Slovis's lap the whole game, chasing them down, getting sacks. And that right there just proves that the pocket wasn't very comfortable for them. And they did a heck of a job there. So I'll just go back to say this. It's not much more than what USC didn't do as for what ASU did do. And their defensive line was ready to play. And they had big, physical, strong guys. And they were tossing guys around. Yeah, Jermaine Lolay had a couple sacks for them. He was really big. Uh, Michael Matus, Tyler Johnson, they all got in the backfield. And so we'll see going forward what SC can do. But the positive note, they did come out with the W against what is supposed to be the toughest team on the schedule for them. And so they can move forward knowing that at least they got that W and the ASU Sun Devils out of the way. But because of the way things went, and you know that there's some fan discontent out there, I had to bring back the Helton Hot Seat Scale for another season. If you remember from the USC Football Podcast show last fall, ran it every week, based it on a scale of chili peppers on the Scoville Heat Unit. So the hottest pepper on the list, the Carolina Reaper, 2.2 million Scoville units, followed by the Ghost Pepper at a little over a million, and then the Habanero which is 350,000 SHU, and then Cayenne, the lowest on the list, at 50,000. So ran the poll again on Twitter. We'll be doing it every week again during the season just to get a pulse on what the USC Nation thinks about 
Clay Helton's hot seat because it was hot last year. And we knew coming into this season, it would probably be hot again. But with everything being delayed and everything like that with COVID, obviously, it's been on a back burner. But the results were in. 50% of the vote went to the Carolina Reaper, 33% to Ghost Pepper, none for Habanero, and 17% to the Cayenne. So is that what you're maybe expecting out of the Helton hot seat scale poll? Oh, absolutely. And I think Coach Helton's going to be on this hot seat until they blow out multiple teams by 30 points. I think our SE fans, including myself, our expectations are just so high, right? You can't mirror what we did in 2003 to 05. You can't mirror that. I think it's a new day and age, and Coach Helton's 1-0, and so are you guys. I think Coach Helton has a great offensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator, and all he has to do is manage the game now. So as much as we could say that things fall on him and how tight the game was, this was his first one out there with Coach Orlando. You know, I'm pretty sure he wanted to see how he did in four quarters, what he was calling, why he called him, and let him be a professional that he is. Coach Helton is 1-0, and so are we. Yep, that is a good point. And again, I think part of the issue is with maybe the game management. Again, two fourth and ones that USC went for. I think the first one, Okay, maybe go with that one. But the second one, in the third quarter, plenty of time left in the game, down 10. You need two scores. Wouldn't you have kicked the field goal there just to cut it down to seven? Yeah, I mean, obviously we can couch coach it and say, hey, I should have, would have, could have did this. But we're not in that position. When you go forward on fourth down, you're given the supreme confidence in your offensive players, especially that O-line, that you trust them, that, you know, we're going to put the game in your guys' hand and make a play. And that's what they did. It still worked out. We're 1-0. Will they do that again? I don't know. They may retract a little bit. But that said a lot about the confidence he had in this team. So I'll take it. And hopefully they will get better at that. It was an abysmal 7-for-19 on third downs for USC in the game. They have to improve on that. Ended up being 5-of-8 on fourth downs. But of course, those two critical fourth and ones were not converted. So We'll see going forward what happens there. But like you said, and like we are all thankful for, USC did get the win. They are 1-0 now on this 2020 season. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the Everything USC podcast, you can subscribe and rate it wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, or TuneIn. You can also go right to the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com on social media, at Believe Podcast. For me, I am on Twitter, at Narawang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. My special guest today is Frosty Rucker, the former USC All-Pac-12 defensive lineman, played in the pros for over a decade, and now he's got a lot of things going. Let me let Frosty tell you about that. So yeah, now I'm hosting Take Back the West podcast. I'm also a co-host on the LA Football Network, and I'm just having a good time talking ball. You know my strong points are USC, but other than that, it's just been a good time of being in football season. How do you do, everyone? This is Pete Arbogast, the voice of the USC Trojans. It's actual football season in 2020. Can you believe it? Believe it. See how I weave that in there? You're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. And now, Frosty, it is time to preview game number two for the USC Trojans, still ranked number 20 after they had been moving up every week by not playing. They finally play a game and they stay in place at number 20 in the polls. 
They are going to head to the desert, to Tucson, Arizona, to take on the Arizona Wildcats. The game will be on Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time, a 1.30 p.m. Mountain local time start. It will be on Fox again and on KABC 790 AM, the Trojans radio network. Arizona was supposed to have played at Utah to begin the season last weekend, but that game was declared a no contest because of COVID issues among the Utah Utes. So Arizona will be opening its season at home against the Trojans. Their record last year was not very good. 4-8, and eight, just 2-7 and seven in the Pac-12. It's now Kevin Sumlin's third year as the head coach at Arizona. He comes in with just a 9-15 record, 6-12 in the conference. So this might be a make-or-break year for Coach Sumlin there. USC leads the all-time series 34-8 officially. That doesn't include the win in 2005 by NCAA records. And the last seven in the row have been taken by the Trojans. The last time they lost was in 2012 out in the desert. And last year was a big 41-14 win. USC was up 34-0 in the fourth quarter before Arizona even scored. And in that game, Vivai Malapea was out, and then Stephen Carr and Marquise both got hurt during the game. So we saw Keaton Kristen come on and make his Trojan debut in the second half, and he went crazy. Eight carries for 103 yards and two big touchdown runs. The defense had a field day, seven sacks, and three takeaways. So USC is going to hope to do the same thing this year. However, it's going to be a different Arizona team in a lot of ways. They do return their quarterback, Grant Gannell, who took over for Khalil Tate in that USC game last year and ended up playing more down the stretch. He's a sophomore, had a little over 1,200 yards throwing last year, 65% completions, and nine touchdowns to just one interception. The running back, they lose J.J. Taylor to the NFL. He's now on the Patriots, but they have a senior in Gary Brightwell who comes in with 915 career rushing yards and eight touchdowns. And they've got a couple of decent wide receivers, a redshirt sophomore, Jamari Joyner, who led the team last year with 552 yards and five receiving touchdowns, and redshirt junior, Ryan Castile. He had a big game against SC in garbage time, had 105 yards and two TDs. For the season, he led the Wildcats in catches with 45. And... They've got an experienced offensive line, redshirt senior center Josh McCauley's on the watch list for the Remington Trophy, which goes to the best center in college football. He's made 22 career starts, not bad for a former walk-on. And a junior left guard, Donovan Laie, 24 career starts is the most for any of their returners. And overall, they had good numbers in a lot of ways by rankings on offense, 30th in the country with just over 440 yards a game, but they only scored 26.9 points a game, which was middle of the pack. And so everyone thought that Khalil Tate was going to improve under Kevin Sumlin. He really didn't. Maybe in some ways he even regressed the former Sarah High standout. And so this offense is really going to be in some ways now determined by how well Grant Gannell does at the helm He's more of a traditional drop-back style passer. Khalil Tate, of course, such a great athlete. And I think for me, 
we're going to have to see if USC's defense can get after him because you don't have to worry now really about a quarterback breaking contain and running like you did with Tate. Yeah, I think the best thing SC has going for them right now is that Arizona hasn't played a game. So they already set the pads. They played the four quarters, a physical game versus the best team or one of the best teams in the Pac-12. I think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think Arizona is going to be able to compete just off the simple fact that they haven't had a tune-up. They haven't had a chance to go out there and correct anything. They haven't had much time to practice like everyone else. And that's why SC was so rusty. And I feel like Arizona is going to have more rust. And it's not going to be the tell of their complete season. But in this game, it will be. And on the defensive side, we should note that they brought in four new defensive coaches, including a new defensive coordinator, Paul Rhodes, former head coach at Iowa State, and a name very familiar to Trojan fans. Greg Burns is their new defensive backs coach. He, of course, was the DB's coach at SC last season. And during the Pete Carroll years of 2002 to 2005, he ends up going to Arizona after being let go by USC. Some of the key guys on a D for Arizona, they got a redshirt senior cornerback. Lorenzo Burns led the team with four interceptions last year, seven pass breakups and 47 tackles for him. Also a couple linebackers to note, senior Anthony Pandy is the leading returning tackler with 66. And redshirt junior Jalen Harris moves from more of a defensive end position to kind of an outside linebacker as they have also transitioned to a 3-4-D, kind of like USC. He had four sacks to lead the team last year, six and a half tackles for loss. And they lost probably their three best players, though, as linebackers Colin Schooler and Tony Fields both became grad transfers because they weren't sure that they'd be playing football in the fall for the Pac-12. So Schooler ends up going to Texas Tech, Fields to West Virginia, and cornerback Jace Whitaker turn pro and he is on the Arizona Cardinals now so that defense which wasn't really very good last year overall they were 118th out of 130 teams in scoring defense 120th in total defense 88th against the rush 126th against the pass and tied for 118th in red zone defense allowing 48 scores in 53 red zone attempts by the other team, 33 of which were touchdowns. So how is this defense, which was not great last year, loses its best players? How are they going to be able to stop what should be a really good USC offense? They don't, I think. uh, (laughs) No, Mara, I'm going to be completely honest. They don't. I think USC's weapons at the receiver position are just going to outplay them all the way up and down the field. I think our back by committee will do a phenomenal job of making sure it's 50-50 and they can be able to play action some and run that zone read a little bit, but they won't be able to compete with them. Again, simply off the fact that USC already had a game and they have enough teach tape now to correct their wrongdoings and dissect this team and just attack. Now we're going to see what USC is all about. It was the first game, jitters maybe, is why they started slow. Obviously, they're playing versus a good Arizona State team, but now – It's about how dominant can they be. And then I think if they play really dominant this game, it takes Coach Helton off that little hot seat of yours. Yeah, I think everything lines up toward a USC win. Even if you look at special teams, I mean, USC's kicker, Parker Lewis, the true freshman debuts with the four PATs, had two touchbacks and that successful onside kick. Sophomore punter Ben Griffiths 
had 46-yard average on his three punts. And when you look at the other side, I, mean, I don't want to pile on on the Wildcats, even though it seems like I am. They've got a senior kicker, kid out of Riverside, Norco High School's Lucas Havrasek. Last year, he only hit 58.8% of his field goals, 10 of 17. He went 0 for 2 at SC last year. And they've got a sophomore punter, Kyle Ostendorp, who only averaged 39.7 per boot last year. Again, everything is lined up toward USC. But I think the real keys to get the win is that you got to cut down on those turnovers. Again, bad day of turnovers against ASU. SC last year was a minus 10 in turnover margin for the season. One of the worst in the country. Arizona was kind of middle in the pack in that, so you don't want to lose the turnover battle against them. But again, otherwise, if we go out there looking on paper, SC should dominate this game. Yeah, they should. And again, I think it's going to be a complete game by them, and it's going to be a route. And now people are going to be like, oh, USC is for real. Because if you look at our strength and schedule going up, we don't play anyone nearly as dominant or as good as Arizona State. So Here's a chance for SC to run away with this. We got Arizona. Utah is going to play as good if they can make it to a game because obviously with COVID, last week they didn't get to play Arizona. So we're going to have to see this out, but I fully believe USC is going to route this team. Which is a perfect segue into what we're going to do next here, which is, of course, the prediction segment. If you'll recall last year, I defeated Frosty Rucker in our predictions and I was supposed to get free concessions at a USC basketball game. Of course, that didn't happen. Things got shut down with COVID and all of that. And so I'm still waiting on that. But I think you remember that you owe me from winning last year. I owe you, buddy. I owe you. And I think <laughs> this year, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall in the same room. Yeah, I know. It, out. it might be 2022 before I'm cashing in on this bet. But I know you're good for it. I got your back. So let's get right to it. First of all, the players that we believe in. And actually, let me recap what happened in week one. So this year, it's going to be more of me as a whole versus all the guests I'll have on each week to see how I do. And I'm off to a better start than I was last year. So in the episode for our first game against ASU, my guest was the voice of USC Trojans on the radio, Pete Arbogast. And so the players that we believed in I took Amon Ross St. Brown. He took Tyler Vons. So I think you'll agree that I got the win on that one as St. Brown had seven catches for 100 yards. Vons also had seven catches, but just for 53, and he did lose a fumble. I'll take the win there. In the game score, I had it 27-24 USC. He had it originally 42-20 USC, but then when the rain came into the forecast, he emailed me and said he wanted to change it to 30-17. Either way, With the 28-27 final, I still take that one. And in the prop bet segment, I said that, foolishly, I guess, that USC was going to win the turnover margin battle, and actually ASU did by one. And Pete's ponderance was that the winner of the coin flip would choose to receive, and he missed on that as USC won the coin flip and deferred to the second half. So there was no winner on the prop bet segment in the first go-round of predictions this season. But now... I'm going to go through it with Frosty, and we'll start with the players we believe in. And for me this week, I know we're going to put up a ton of points, so I probably should take an offensive player, but I'm going to go against the grain. I'm going to take Talanoa Hufanga. I think he's going to make a bunch of tackles, maybe force another fumble, maybe get an interception. I think he's going to lead the way on defense and help us shut down that Wildcat offense 
So I'm going to go against the grain and go defense with Talanoa Hufanga. Frosty, who do you believe in? Well, that was a good pick by you. I definitely would have picked that first if you would have let me go first, Nara. But I'll stay on the defensive side of the ball. Isaiah, pull him out. I think this kid, he made a couple splash plays this past week, and I think he's just going to get his groove back. Richard Jr., I think him going to playing versus Arizona games are always going to be big for him since he's from Phoenix. And this will be a breakout game for him on his way to being a top draft pick. I said that too. All right, so players we believe in, both going on D. I'm going Talanohu Funga, and Frosty's taking Isaiah Polamau. And now let's pick the game score, and I'm going to let you go first on that since I went first on the players. What is USC going to win by? Because I know you're picking USC. Yeah, USC, I think they win 42-17, to 17 and Arizona gets some garbage time points. I think it's going to be a complete route. So I'm going 42-17. to 17. 42-17. And again, we should note for entertainment purposes that USC is starting off as a 14-point favorite as we record this on a Monday. That line may change a little bit, but that's what we're going to go with since that's what it is at the time of our recording. So a two-touchdown favorite for USC. And I think it's going to be just under that. I think it's going to be a 34-21 USC win. It may seem closer than some people might want to think it's going to be, but I think it's going to be just like you said, it's going to be some garbage points by Arizona late. I think USC is going to jump up big and then just kind of cruise on in to victory and Arizona nips them in terms of the betting line to maybe be a bad beat for everyone who's putting money down on USC. But I still think comfortable 34-21 USC win. Frosty's going to go with SC covering with the 42-17 win. And now it's time for the always fun prop bet segment of the predictions. And it's Nara's no doubter. Again, I was wrong on the first game. I'm going to try and redeem myself here. I'm going to say that USC's defense is going to come through with three sacks. Count them, three sacks against Arizona. Again, I got to nail the number on the head to be correct. But that is Nara's no doubter. And now it's a return of Frosty's cold, hard truth. What do you got, Frosty? And I'm going to follow that up with three or more touchdown passing by Keaton Slovis. So you're going Keaton Slovis three plus TD passes in the game. I think that's a safe one. I think that's a really safe one for you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So to recap our predictions for USC's second game of the season against the Arizona Wildcats. The players we believe in, both going on the defensive side of the ball. I am taking Talanoa Hufanga. Frosty goes with Isaiah Polamau. For the score of the game, I will go with USC 34-21. Frosty's got it a little bit wider, 42-17 for the Trojans. And in our prop bets, Nara's no doubter is that there will be three sacks by the USCD. And Frosty's cold, hard truth is that there will be three-plus touchdown passes by the sophomore Keaton Slovis. I think all solid picks. Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to be interesting to watch this play out. And so, of course, if you enjoy listening to the Everything USC podcast, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Subscribe, rate the show, and of course, the website is Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. 
I am on Twitter. Find and follow me there at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Frosty, where are all the ways that people can catch up with you? You can catch me at The Organic Frost on Instagram and Twitter. My new podcast at Take Back the West and LA Football Network. Frosty's a busy guy. Busy guy. (laughs) So before I let you go here, what are your final thoughts going into game number two for USC against Arizona? To leave everyone with this, I'll say USC will play a complete game. I think it's going to be a completely dominant game just off the sheer fact that they've already played a game. I think the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators will settle in on their play calling. I think this is going to be the game to take Hilton off the hot seat. All right. And that is what we are all hoping for is that USC plays a complete dominant game. I think a lot of fans will be looking forward to that. So for my guest, Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 14 of the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and so much more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And as always, I end the show by telling you to please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.